0: Hello and welcome to Cage Club. Two fans, 76 movies, one cage. This is episode 66, Seeking Justice, from 2011. I'm
1: Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. And with us today we have Christian Larson. Back, it's been a while, it's been about 15 years, in cage years. <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah, I guess it has.
1: But in terms of reality, it's only been a couple months, but welcome back, Larson.
2: Yeah, it's good to be back, and uh, as I was saying to Joey earlier, it's an interesting way to bookend my three appearances, because the first movie I came here to talk about, I went in blind. Uh, Birdie. Birdie. It it, it ended up being uh, surprisingly amazing. Second movie I was prepared for, it was The Rock I was, I was, It was the movie that I signed up for Sure. And it was great And this is another one I went in blind <laughs> for And my reaction was almost exactly the opposite of Birdie <laughs> But we'll get into that So anyway, it's good to be back I do want to make a note that if this audio sounds a little different
1: Because this is the first Cage Club We're recording live in person Uh-oh. I can actually see Mike I can actually see Larson very exciting and now there should be less gaps and less awkward fills even though even though I edit all that out you know there's going to be less work for me to do in theory <laughs> in because theory. I can see when you guys want to talk
0: in theory it's a nice theory hopefully it'll Play out in practice. <laughs> um, this is a little surreal, though. It's a say. little weird, but it's also great. Oh, it's terrific! And our first direct-to-DVD movie. Yes. Well, I was You're telling here? Larson
1: that this movie was in theaters somewhere because it made four hundred grand in the U.S. Okay. All it right. made about I want to say like eight million or something. It Made like a decent amount overseas. I don't think it made back its budget though. Okay. I think its budget was seventeen million. So I mean, okay. I can't imagine that they marketed too much, but you know. It was in theaters no. somewhere. I don't know where. What I love about this movie is one of the first lines of the movie is "Are you wasting my time?" And I was like, "Hmm, is this movie wasting our time?" <laughs> but it turns out I don't know about you guys. Uh. I was blown like I was expecting nothing, and I wound up enjoying this movie so much more than I did. Like the first ten minutes with Cage and January Jones, just like before shit hits the fan, like when life is good, it's great. Like Cage is being so goofy and over the top. We've got Cage, we've got the beautiful January Jones, and we have Guy Pierce as like a pretty cool Cage villain. Yeah, definitely. And we're back in New
0: Orleans, back in NOLA. So you know he's always knocking it out of the park when he's down
1: there, Cage turf. Cage even says, "We love NOLA." Who dat? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, like that's like a you know, if you don't know the Saints, you might not know that. But he just he's so into that line, read. I just love it. Oh come on, we love New Orleans. Who dat?
2: Watching this movie about halfway through, I realized I had a thesis for this movie. Okay, what's your thesis? And my thesis is that I recently listened to your review of National Treasure. Okay. And National Treasure is a a compilation of cliches that works. It's a bunch of generic cliches thrown together in a way that works. And I feel like this combines every generic cliche of a conspiracy thriller... (laughs) And throws it all together and puts it in a blender. And the the first one, the first element is that he has a perfect life. Yeah. With a, a beautiful wife, he's he's a nice guy. Planning he's, to have a baby. He's, they're planning to have a baby. He has a he has a great job where he's mentoring inner city children. Something bad is going to happen to one or both of them and
1: it does. Right from the beginning Like every time January Jones smiles, I'm like oh no, she's not going to get killed, is she? And it's almost worse that we're, gonna, we're jumping a little bit ahead of ourselves, but yeah. she gets carjacked, raped but now here, okay, so here's a question for you guys, and this is sort of a movie long thing that it seems like everyone we meet in this movie is part of this conspiracy Will
2: she attack as part of the conspiracy? That's going to have to come at the end like <laughs> we'll, once we cover the whole movie then we have to talk about what what the purpose of this conspiracy is because it seems to have... Really, very little purpose whatsoever, except to cause the movie. I, I think we also have to
0: take into account what this title really means and who it applies to. Um, I thought it would have applied to Cage's character, right. but it turns out there are there's an organization called like the Justice Seekers who Ugh. go out <laughs> out of their way to take revenge for you know mild mannered guys like this who are just English professors who who sort of don't have the nerve, uh, and then they get roped up in that sort of lifestyle along uh, the lines of some sort of payback and favors and things like that. Um, But yeah, I was getting like elements of the game here too and stuff and I always always love a good conspiracy thriller um, and I feel like this is done right. Joey, one thing we usually complain about is pace
1: and uh, one thing about (laughs) this movie, like a lot happens in a short amount of time. (laughs) This movie, I think going back to like what Larson was saying, like this movie, the way it begins, it's sort of a cliche that there's just like video footage and we don't know what it is of, who these people are, and all we know is that the Hungry Rabbit Jumps, which was originally going to be, supposedly, the original name of this movie, before it was called Teen Justice, was not named the Hungry Rabbit mm-hmm. Jumps.
2: Uh, uh, another thing about the opening of this movie that I thought uh, kind of set me up for it being low budget was that the font was like one of the twelve <laughs> fonts that mm-hmm. come with yeah. Microsoft Word. It was right. like the techno font. Uh and and it opens up with like camcorder footage of a, a witness and yeah. it's got that like final cut plug in that makes it look like a camcorder mm-hmm. with the like the recording yeah. thing in the corner. So I was like That yeah, might even yeah. be the same font as the title card. <laughs> I mean, this is definitely a much lower budget than
0: we've been used to, I feel. Um, but then right after that is a pretty engaging scene for me. The guy who we saw on camera uh, is getting into his car in the parking garage, and a guy bumps his car off the top level yeah. and kills him, and that's a pretty cool-looking stunt there. Yeah,
2: the, the action scenes in this are, are very well done. I can't say much for the writing Personally, or the scenes in between the action scenes, but the, the action scenes are great. The budget for this movie was 17
1: million, and I think it it looks good for being a 17 million dollar movie. That there are like a good number of action scenes. There's just there's excitement on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get a couple things, a, a couple callbacks early on in the movie. We get Cage compromising January Jones in bed. I guess January Jones maybe is just attracted to less than beautiful people because Cage is not great looking in this. And on The Last Man on Earth, she's dating Todd, who is a very great, likable guy, but not the most beautiful man. So I just feel like... Because January Jones is like the the perfection of... She's just beautiful. She's gorgeous. And also, you know, later when she gets beat up, I'm like, she better get out of this ugly makeup fast, because I don't want (laughs) to see January Jones with like a swollen
0: (laughs) eye the entire movie. (laughs) Well, I don't really know her from anything more than Mad Men, right? And to be quite honest... She was in that one
2: X-Men movie. She was in an
0: X-Men film, but, you know, like a lot of secondary characters she didn't talk in that movie, and you really didn't get a sense of what she could do, and I was quite surprised with her abilities here at the start of the film. I was like, you know, wasn't really expecting too much, because I had just heard that, you know, she's not a good actress, right. and I was like, but she is. Like, I just think those people might have gotten tired of her one character on Mad Men, but
1: I definitely feel like she's doing a good job here. Yeah, she's definitely more than just a pretty face. Like, she she's holding her own this movie. And I'm not really sure where this ranks in terms of the Diane Kruger effect, hmm. because she... Like, the whole inciting incident is that she is taken advantage of, and she's raped, and she's beaten, and she's essentially right. left for dead. Right. So that's not great. But I no. think she kind of has... And like, and then throughout the movie, you know, she's fearful of... Rightfully so, but she's fearful of the outside world. She wants to make sure her doors are locked. Like, it makes sense, but I'm not sure if it's, like, a strong woman character, or if she's just, once again, an object to move the plot along.
2: Yeah. Rob? Unfortunately, it's probably the latter.
1: I
0: think it's a little complex, which is kind of good, you know. Um, in the, she, she ends this film in a completely different place than she begins it after her assault you know, and her recovery. You know, she starts taking gun lessons, right? And yeah. at the end, she ends up saving her husband from dying. and So, so she becomes Spoiler. really like... <laughs> well, you know, we've been getting ahead of ourselves a little, but my point but yeah, is, you're like, right. she becomes very empowered by the yeah. end of this film. Her and Kate Almost switch places emotionally as far as their fears and paranoia about someone's coming after you. It's kind of
1: like Amber Heard. We just talked about Drive Angry, but Amber Heard saves mm-hmm. Cage at the end of that movie, or she actually saves him throughout the movie. And here, once again, we get you know a very attractive blonde woman saving Cage's ass. So it's pretty cool to see that kind of trend instead of just terrible female character after terrible female character.
2: We see Cage as the English teacher. We yep. see him giving a big speech about violence, Shakespeare using violent language, and him telling his inner city students that it's it's better to express your violence through words than through actions. And that, right away, I was like, oh, I get it, like, he's gonna have to get violent later, and he's gonna be conflicted about it, like, it's all so Death Wish, like, setting it up, like, this guy is gonna have to avenge something... But what's kind of cool is he doesn't ever go full
0: Charlie Bronson in this film, right? Like, he's always, like, a very tentative, yeah. um, you know, participant yeah. in all of this. like, it's really when it comes down to his wife's life or, you know, something severe, then he has to comply. But, yeah, yeah. I find that you're right. They, they are definitely introducing that theme right here at the top. And, uh, you know, he's, like, breaking
2: up fights between his <laughs> students. Yeah, and, stuff. and like, that was even great. when there, there's a scene where he's playing chess with his best friend... And his best friend is like, Oh, you play too safe. You've gotta take yep, some risks no, that's yep. down here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, I wonder what I wonder if that's gonna come into it. Check mate and mate, mate.
0: <sighs> I didn't see that coming. Yo, your problem, my man, is you play too safe. We gotta take some chances, you know? Play not to lose. Pretty much ensures defeat.
1: Set him up, asshole. <laughs>
2: And also, there's a there's a theme early on about phones, about turning your phones off. Like the, phones play a big part in this, mm-hmm. I I think. And it's it's 2010. Or 2011? Well, it's 2011. It was probably filmed in 2010. And I mean, everyone's yeah, yeah. still using these little Nokia mm-hmm. phones. I'm, I'm, but th-
1: but the video that they shoot on the phone, like, sh- like Cage <laughs> films a video I love of that. a video playback yeah. and it sends it to guy pierce, and it's basically HD quality. Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's just, like, flawlessly shot. And it's, it's on, like, a 2002-era <laughs> Nokia phone. Like,
1: iPhones were out at this time. Like, just yeah. use an iPhone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's a product placement thing, but...
1: Yeah, yeah, Nokia must have paid a lot of money. This was before they were gobbled up by Microsoft. They, yes. were, they were scrapping for every new <laughs> the customer they could
2: get. What can we get? This Nick Cage movie? Sure. Sign us up.
1: But yeah, his friend is Harold Perrineau, who was, oh. we keep bringing up Lost, he was Michael on Lost. You know, he doesn't shout Walt once in this movie, but he is the same guy, also from the Matrix sequels. But it was good to see him. Another sort of surprising guest star... I don't want to call it a guest star, but Jennifer Carpenter, who plays Dexter's sister, Deb, on oh, Dexter. Oh, yes, yes. And so what's crazy about this movie is that they sort of said it from the beginning that Cage has a sister, yeah. and I'm like, oh, you know, it's Jennifer Carpenter. Like, yeah, me you know, too, yeah. And then at the very end of the movie, they're like, don't make me fly to Philadelphia and get your sister. <laughs> I was like, wait, how is, how is Jennifer Carpenter not his sister? Jennifer Carpenter is just January Jones' best friend? Like, why is that needless complication in this plot? <laughs> yeah. Like, just, you already have a character who's, like, there, and then, by like, toward the end of the movie, they're like, you know, January Jones, you know, your best friend, Jennifer Carpenter. I'm like, wait, they're... I thought...
0: Yeah, I have a sort of theory about that because it doesn't make much sense for her not to be the sister but then I was like well you know uh, this organization is going to try and um, you know threaten him and blackmail him and eventually they're going to try and kidnap the people he loves and stuff like that so perhaps they were just like you know if his sister lives in town and his wife these guys are going to have to kidnap two people instead of one I guess Uh, that's sort of where my mind went to rationalize it but you're definitely
1: right it's funny that it took 57 movies to get a sister and now we have two sisters in like eight movies like Yeah. Cage sister count doubling <laughs> thanks to seeking justice. But I wrote down that after she gets carjacked, after January Jones gets carjacked and raped and brought to the hospital, Jennifer Carpenter shows up, Harold Perno shows up, everybody's like, Oh my god, like what's happening? And then I wrote down it's time for Cage to seek justice. <laughs> and he's just gotta go out there and just, you know, make sure that justice is wrought upon him. But before he can even like make a decision, Guy Pierce shows up. Oh, wait, a minute, hold on, man. Before that I
0: thought we got something i haven't seen in a cage movie in a long time uh, maybe since the family man uh, shedding the tears on mm. screen right yeah, he sits down next yeah. to his wife well, and they
1: come out for real and he like he like sobs a few lines he's like give me some time with my wife just like he's <laughs> he's into this yeah. you know straight to dvd you're not like he's committed to this movie
2: yeah and I, and and that's the thing i i read i, I read a, I didn't really know what to think about this movie <laughs> when i was done with it like uh, so I read a lot of reviews, and the reviews were very split. And I read, this was one of the, the uh, Roger Ebert wrote a review of this. Hmm. It was one of his last reviews. Oh, wow. And, uh, and he was saying that you can say a lot of things about this movie, but the one thing you can't say is that Nicolas Cage wasn't trying. He's making the best of it. I think the critical split is important to note because... Metacritic only has... It
1: has 38, which is not a good number. No. But IMDb users give it a 6, two. Like, people like wow. this. Critics might not like it, but I think people like this movie. It feels like one of the movies people will just sort of
0: not even think of because of its... DVD stabbed right. me, but like if you actually sit down and like give this movie a chance, oh, yes. like it really won me over. You know, I could only really think like sometime in the late in the second act, I was kind of like, all right, let's get it together. <laughs> but then in the third act, they really
2: do pull it together. Wow. Well, I hope you guys win me over by the end of this because I hated <laughs> well, <laughs> this. But so this, this, I respect your opinion. Well, <laughs> so let's keep
0: going. Well, Joey knows this. You might not be quite as aware, but I'm starting to lose it as we get here into the back nine of Cage Club.
1: Mike's his sanity is slipping by the oh, wayside. No, oh, no. In an era where caves has a lot of these straight to DVD movies with really generic titles, like we get this, we get Seeking Justice, Stolen, Trespass, all these different movies. I know that you haven't seen any more movies or any more from this point on. These are all new to you this one is like leaps and bounds better than some of his other oh, movies. Oh, no. So, I mean, I, I know that that's sort of like a bad, but like, I really, like, I was expecting it to sort of be... <laughs> this
2: is the best we can expect. Oh,
1: no, there's there's still good stuff to come, yeah. but here's <laughs> how I kind of feel about it. It's like, all right,
0: and on the Season of the Witch episode, you right. know, I was talking like what kept me going with that is sort of they're trying to do like this fantasy genre, you know, Middle Ages kind of thing, and, you know, no matter what the movie is. I'll always sort of give it a chance if if they're doing that. Um, and I feel like this is like okay, we're trying to do this thriller thing, and this pulls that off much better than *Season of the Witch* pulled that off. Right. You know? So like, this is even, you know, leaps and bounds from stuff he's done already. I
1: feel. Well, because the director's sort of an established guy. I mean, he did more recently than this, but he did *The November Man*. that's sort of oh, okay. like it wasn't like yeah. a great movie, but it's no, like, like Jack like Bond a, was it, in it. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan, like, yeah. as, like, post-James Bond, basically as James Bond, kind of, yeah, a little bit. kind of. Uh, he also did, I think, Species, and he did Cocktail. So, like, he's oh. done, like, big movies. It's not like some guy who just, like, some upstart. On the other hand, the two people who wrote this movie have basically never written anything else ever, before mm-hmm. or after. So, you know, the directing, I think it looks great. I think it's competently made if you have problems with sort of the generic you know, throw-it-in-a-blender plot, that's more the writing than the directing or the acting. I yeah.
2: Think well, I, I mean, getting, getting into the writing, uh, this, this actually, there's, a, there's this thing called The Blacklist, yeah. where they, they, a bunch of people get together and they read unreleased scripts. And this was one of their favorites, a movie that, oh. that floated around for years and was never made. This was a beloved Blacklist script. And the script is probably the least of the things <laughs> I like about this movie it, because it's so generic. Getting into that, getting back to the film itself, after his wife gets beaten and raped, he's approached by Guy Pierce, who gives him. Uh, it's very, very much like the meeting between uh, Billy Bob Thornton and Martin Freeman yes. in Fargo, where he, this mysterious guy, offers revenge to this meek man who's just come across something terrible you know where he is we do but we have a time issue so uh, we would have to get an answer from you pretty quickly Uh, (laughs) listen we're just a few
0: citizens who are seeking justice you know we love this city we're tired of watching it go to hell
2: Initially he says no, but then he's like, "All right." And he's like, "Well, if you really want my help, you have to go downstairs and buy two candy bars, two forever bars, two forever bars." Because this is forever. Can't think <laughs> of that. Yeah. From this vending machine, and he does, and it's like such. A well, I I I I hear you.
0: You know, yeah. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. It's needlessly complex. Yeah. Okay, but I have a I have I think there's a reason for that, right? We okay. sort of learned that. Guy Pierce's character Simon who's
1: sort of in charge of this cell which hold on by the way why do they never say Simon Says at any point
2: exactly, in this
0: movie yeah.
1: they need to <laughs> drop that line at least once
0: and that's not even the character's real name we come to find out yeah, he's, yeah. In something, right? he's got another name Ugh. and I mean the double names in Cage movies aren't that Uncommon, but yeah. i wasn 't expecting it here uh, and, and and you know he 's definitely bringing it to he 's menacing he 's scary and he 's all those things, so I feel like he 's elevating these cliches to a degree of watchability, you know something that someone else couldn 't quite pull off but Guy Pierce is working there, You know, he's doing a good bad guy job.
2: That's oh, he's very sinister. He's, he yeah. does a very good job.
1: I was just looking back at through the the past few movies that we've done, and we really haven't had. I mean, I know that the whole the the bad guy in this movie is sort of this shadowy organization we don't know a lot about, but he's the face of it. We haven't really had like a bad guy or like a compelling bad guy in a long, long time. Like it's never been Cage against somebody, and I know it's sort of him against kind of the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, we haven't had like. A, a villain like a bad leader and like I think Guy Pierce like it's sort of it's something that a lot of movies do like to have like you know sort of the like the guy that he's going against and like we yeah. just haven't had that lately yeah. well this guy is much
0: better than the Reverend King from Drive Angry like, yeah. that guy was just not formidable whatsoever I mean and then even going back to like Alfred Molina in um, Sorcerer's Apprentice like he's a bad guy but he isn't the bad guy no. of the movie you know it's like Morgana and stuff like they're trying to resurrect Gozer in that film like quite literally <laughs> and, and so you're right like it's interesting
2: to see him have someone to face off against. Ooh, face and there's off. a there, there's there's a lot of scenes in this movie where there's like this manufactured tension. It's a very tense scene. and the one where he buys the candy bars, he walks into the cafeteria. And there's ominous music, and he's looking around. And oh, it's and that security one, guard. And it, it's another one of those cliched scenes where a guy is paranoid and he walks into a room. There's a close up of every. Random person in the room looking at him, and he's like, one of these people is watching me. <laughs> and one was, and, and well, yeah, one was the the sinister bald guy who shows up in every scene. The one guy you expect to be watching is the guy who's watching. And but the one of the things about this scene is, as he's buying the candy bars, the the security guard is so into him buying these candy bars, like he's he's watching him. First, he's like tilts his head, and he's like watching him and then he walks over and talks to him about the candy bar and it's like... He's like, you like the nutritious stuff, right? I was almost like, is
0: he gonna
1: ask for one of those candy bars? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think... Okay, so to play devil's advocate for a minute, because this scene is bad. Like, it's not not a great scene. But, if you're a security guard and you're basically there... I mean, you're in a hospital. It's not like there's crazy stuff going on. You're there just in case something happens. Mm -hmm. But if you see a guy walk into your room and, like, looking around... And then, as he's just you know the harmless act of buying a candy bar looks your way six or seven times, like you're gonna be you know he could be like a friendly approach, be like, hey guy, like you know what's going on, like just want to make sure you're not like losing your mind you now. <laughs> so, as terrible as the scene is written, I can see as a security guard, he's just <laughs> acting horribly fishy in the scene. Like you know, yeah. it, it should be on a security guard, you know, not to go up there and you know maybe stir the pot, and be like, hey, like you, you okay, but just you know make sure that the guy's normal, I could have a conversation with him. Yeah. So I don't think the scene does it well, but I can see sort of how it could be done
2: well. Well, it definitely establishes that Nicolas Cage, for the entirety of the film from this point, looks sketchy all the time. Like, he's casting glances on the side, he's like, sneaking around, he looks nervous. Well, because, like, he's he's new to this world, right? Because when Guy Pierce first shows
1: up to him, he's like, hey, you want us to, like, take care of that guy for you? He's like... Take, take care of him? You mean, like, arresting the guys like, no, like, like come on, dude,
2: like, <laughs> even if
1: you're like the like the nerdiest, you know, yeah. not like a dad, but basically like a dad type, like, everybody knows what take care of a guy means. Like, he's just so removed from this world that he, you know, he is nervous, because he's like in over his head and, you know, the justice that he's seeking uh, is something that he's not used to getting. Yeah, I feel like he's constantly got a lot to process, right? Like, every time he feels
0: like he might have a handle on it, like, there's something new to figure out and and like here it's like yeah his wife was just you know almost killed and and then suddenly some guy some stranger comes up and offers to murder the the rapist it's like how are you really how do you act normal after that situation you know i almost i give some more credit to the whoever wrote the security guard yeah, that's that's checking point. in on him yeah
1: you know following through on their promise that not too long after cage says okay we find out that justice was carried out that the guy who raped and left January Jones for dead he, he Just he, the, the guy that we see again a little bit later in the movie just bursts into his apartment and just shoots him in the head and makes it look like a suicide yeah. like this whole citizen-seeking justice group their whole MO it's the same thing every time it's let's kill this guy and make it look like a suicide and <laughs> so they're just yeah. like, like shady guys all over the city or not even shady guys. And that's the whole thing, right? They're just normal guys that, you know, were approaching time of weakness, and then they're told that whoever they're after is a pedophile or a serial killer. Like, whatever. It's just, yeah. like, some terrible, terrible thing that they need to dispose of. It's like, oh, of course, you know. You're telling me that the man who raped my wife will be killed if I kill a pedophile? Like, that'll make my decision easier. But it's not actually a pedophile. It's just some other guy who was in the same situation you were in, and they're just twisting it. Like, their whole their well, whole sense always, of morality is weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always kind of covering their tracks. Like, that's what I get about this organization. Like, they don't want to do any of the dirty work themselves. So what I did kind of think was cool, though, is like, okay, so they'll take care of this problem for you, and you owe them a favor. And it turns out the favor is you sort of have to, like, kill the next guy when the next guy's wife gets, like, murdered or, or and
2: like, then they send you to take care of that guy. It's almost yeah, theoretically, and, and and like in theory, that that works. Yeah. But the whole point of it is that Simon has perverted mm-hmm. it to use that to his own needs. Yeah. It's
1: almost like Bangkok Dangerous, right? Where there's always one guy removed. Yeah. And so <laughs> you don't really know. Like you see Simon, you see Guy Pierce. But you don't know who else is involved when well, it turns out that everybody else is involved. Well, that's
0: the, I think that's the problem is like for a secret society like you know everybody's in on it. I mean like Fight Club did a better job of like keeping Project Mayhem a secret. Yeah <laughs> because
1: in Fight Club like people like whisper like hello Mr. Durden or whatever. Here they're just like hey guys you know the, uh, the Hungry Rabbit jumps.
2: Like, you, know yeah. you know what I mean? Let him
0: go. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah. I, I, I mean I, that's why I was saying we should probably spend the deconstruction of the conspiracy to the, <laughs> the end because we could spend it Entire episode talking about like the organization behind this crazy conspiracy and like what are their resources like who's funding this They've like got everything at their resources. they have they have people everywhere and like what do they get out of this like what is well their- it seems like like at least Simon's getting
0: like satisfaction yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it seems like it's all been built upon just like gratification for a job well done like taking out the dregs of society like other people but like, he has that great speech at the end right his, his, uh, his big stand up moment yep. <laughs> where he's on the on the hill and he's just like you know people sit at home and get fat and watch TV and oh, I'm actually yeah. out well, there that, we'll, get, we'll
2: get to that we'll get to that but I mean like who's funding this they have people everywhere They're, like every time there's a scene in this movie there's a guy in a black SUV on the corner, mm-hmm. like, watching the scene happen.
1: Well, I feel like maybe, I mean, this was the same question I asked in Kickass, and you pointed it out, maybe when they have somebody kill a guy, maybe, you know, some other favor is, like, rob that guy or take... Because, I mean, a guy kills himself, people aren't going to notice if, you know jewelry is gone or cash is gone or whatever maybe they're not only killing these guys but taking a little bit of money or electronics they could flip who knows or maybe he's just independently he looks like the kind of guy who's independently wealthy who's never needed to worry about you know Mm -hmm. i mean aside from writing letters to santa claus and whatever (laughs) you know he's the guy who's never had to worry about money it seems
0: yeah Um, i mean when i when i really tried to think hard about it which made my head hurt i was like well there's probably like some kind of um like senator at the head of all this yeah. using like private m- resources sure. and things like that, or you know, there's like some kind of, of some hedge fund or taxpayer <laughs> dollars, thanks Obama well, I, yeah. I think about like, again I'm bringing up Kingsman, we do it a lot, but the yeah. way Kingsman sort of originated was it was all of these tailors who lost their masters in World War One, and so they pooled their resources and created like the secret
2: organization yeah, so yeah. Uh, maybe it's something along that line <laughs> I think the, the, the theories that we're coming up with are more entertaining <laughs> And <laughs> I'll
0: tell you, I don't think they even thought of it. Yeah, then, like, no, let's just no. Just give him someone. That everybody has to answer to someone, so we don't have to settle yeah. on someone to
2: answer to. So, so let's let's get back to the actual. Yeah, we, narrative ju- we of jump. The film, we jump six months we're later. We're getting very theoretical.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so after January Jones gets out of the hospital, they go back, and she is sort of skittish. And then they jump six months later, and their first date out, of course, it has to go play pool at a bar. Yeah, yeah. You know, pool has come up in I don't know five or six cage movies, maybe even more. And there's one line in here that I love. Cage says to January Jones, Oh, poo on you, I missed. And it's like, what? Like, who? I don't know if that's his line or if that's in the script, but the way he delivers it, I guess that's just sort of like, hey, look at this dorky guy. He's going to have to go kill a guy. Oh, poo on you?
0: (laughs) Well, I think of, like, Vampire's Kiss, where he had to say, like, boo-hoo, right? And he's always trying to think of, like, creative and different ways to say things, like, you know, take something, like, like that, and say it in a way where no one would ever think
2: to hear it. Or something. <laughs> I,
0: maybe it was just one of his his self imposed challenges of some kind.
2: And also, that was another scene that like. Like, actually, legitimately, I was like, these guys have a great relationship. They're out there playing pool together. They're, like, doing shots together. Like, they're a great couple. I-, I feel like the January Jones, they got her a little conflicted here six months
0: later because, like, Cage comes home, and she's like, you lock the door? You lock the window? Right. Like, you lock up? You lock up? And then yet yeah, she's out at the bar, and he disappears for a couple, like, minutes, and she's just yeah, like, she oh, dis- where you been? When like, he disappears, that that. I thought
1: something was going to happen yeah, on her again, totally. and then nothing does. Yeah. Totally yeah. It
0: just seems a little weird that she's, like, totally cool about being out and about without him for a while but yet when they're both home alone like she needs to have the doors yeah, even like
1: yeah, six months later she's still like sort of sort of skittish which makes sense which yeah. is totally okay yeah of course but it's weird but yeah so he leaves because he gets the call from Guy Pierce, and he's like you need to go to the zoo at this time and mail this letter and then he goes to the zoo. He's like, "Okay, no, actually, open the letter." And he have to follow these people around. And this is whole part of their plot. We find out later that they send two guys to the zoo and one films cage and stuff. Like they all have like all this evidence that makes it look like they're in, they're in over their head, and they can turn over the cops and get these guys killed. But it just it's it's cool. Like it's sort of like the beginning of the movie. Like it's cool, but it's also like a little bit too vague and convoluted. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of what's going on. And another elephant back from Bangkok, <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, this is where I,
0: I kept thinking, like, needlessly complex, you know? Like, I feel like if he had just mailed the letter, that would have been enough for the scene, and then they could have called him again and told him to, you know, follow somebody, or someone else could have contacted him. But it does seem like it, it goes on a bit long in a weird way. But the one thing I do like is how they, like, how they sort of implicate... Their guy, like they're trying to implicate
1: him while right. he's working, you yeah. know. So,
0: like, they have stuff on him in case, like, he tries to, you know, tell anybody about it. Well, that. not
1: even in case that he wants to tell anybody about it, but just like to get it, get rid of him in the end. Like we well, talked yeah, about before, yeah, just to yeah, so yeah. wipe him off. That as soon as he's done, as soon as like the previous job is done, then they can have this guy killed because they have on the force and everything.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's another uh, conspiracy movie cliche is like having having a guy that you always have blackmail for so you can keep him right. doing stuff.
1: After he goes, he he sort of bails at the zoo, like he's not going to follow through, and he goes back to his classroom and he finds out that Simon had been in his classroom and wrote his phone number on the board. And it's like, oh, okay. And then he just walks outside, and Simon's just, like, hanging out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, like, this is just, like, you know, this is what's happening now. Yeah. That we're going to hang out with Simon, and Simon's like, why didn't you do that? He's like, well, I, you know, I, I did what you asked. I went to the zoo, As Simon says, a promise is a promise You're not off the hook yet Like, we killed the guy for you You think, like, going to the zoo and, like, watching a woman for ten minutes is, like, gonna Like, we're not even, we're far from even I told you I couldn't do it Will, you know what a child pornographer does He arranges for adult men to have sex with children and videotapes it I get it He's a scum of the earth, needs to get what's coming to him But I'm not the guy to do it I am not a killer Well, let's not forget
0: what we did for you
1: I wasn't myself that night Nobody said anything in the agreement about killing anybody So get the hell out of my life.
0: Yeah, and I understand how this might seem like kind of taking too long. You know, that's how it kind of feels for me a little bit, but it also feels sort of necessary for the story. I don't feel like he would have done the job the first time. Like, I don't feel like he would, you know, he seems like the kind of guy who is going to try and and wiggle out of his duties here, even though they're not quite his responsibility. But in a
1: way, he asked for it, and now he's not, like, paying the price. Yeah, it does feel like it's taking a little bit long, but it's also believable in the sense that Cage as just a normal guy even with a group that did something like this for him he's not going to just want to go ahead and just kill a guy like it's he doesn't want to do that so it does take a little bit long but I think that also serves a purpose in the movie it it just he's hesitant and so the movie sort of has to hesitate I think that, you know, like Tobin said, I think on one episode, you know, to show a character being bored, you don't have to make the movie boring. Like, you can do it in a better way. Here, I think it's, like, it's, like, close to being good, but it also still does feel like it's taking a little bit too long. You know, it
0: feels like there should be, like, a chase scene here or something like that. Like, we should introduce, like, a little bit of a foot chase or at least someone, like, following him and stuff. Because as it is, right, like, someone just, like, hands off a a folder to him. Like you said, like, Simon's waiting for him outside. Like, I feel like Simon is exposing himself way too much. Uh, in this situation.
1: What are you what you could also do is that you start off the movie with this you know, this footage of the we find out as the the investigative journalist, like weave some of that kind of stuff through, like this mm-hmm. sort of a through line of conspiracy thriller that builds up to this big conflict or you know climax at the end. Like there's just like a little bit here in the middle that's just sort of sluggish.
2: I don't know if this already happened, but uh his wife decides to get a gun. Yeah. And this yeah. is another sort of not so much a cliche, but the whole Chekhov's gun thing, yep. where you know that's going to come into play later, and then the gun guy like gives her some pepper spray too, right? And they make a big thing yeah. out of like, well, also take pepper spray, like you know that those things are going to come into it later.
0: Yeah, and it's the phone thing, too, right? Like, at first, it's all, turn off your phone, turn off your phone, and then the second half of the movie, it's like, I need the footage from the phone, I need yeah, to see the yeah. phone,
2: and they don't even want to talk on a phone, they want to, like, yeah. watch
0: a phone and stuff, but,
2: <laughs> but... But eventually, Cage, especially after Simon visits him at school, Cage decides that he has to, he has to kill this guy, yeah, like, he has to, and, and he does...
1: Yeah, there's this guy that he was supposed to, I guess, in theory, kill at the zoo. I don't know if he's going to, like, you know, bump him under the elephant's hooves <laughs> like, have the elephant, like, trample him. Elephants have hooves? Oh, if he showed up at the zoo, he was supposed to,
0: like, call them and say, the guy's at the zoo. What's my next step? That's kind of how I saw it.
1: Um, but, like, what's weird is that, like, here, you know, when he gets the, the next step, which is the, to kill. To kill the same guy from the beginning like here's how you're gonna kill him you know what I mean like it's yeah. not like it's not like he had to call the situation like okay like, he just got off the bus what do I do they're so, like you're gonna go here he's gonna get off the bus you're gonna bump him over the overpass he's gonna die like they give him this whole plan from start to finish so that they can just sort of get
2: out of there they call him and tell him to take the bus and meet this guy at the pedestrian ramp by the bus station and at this point Cage is acting so sketchy all the time <laughs> and especially around his wife and yeah. his wife does not suspect nope. in the least. Nope. Well, he's always she, like oh she kind of does. The today.
0: You know <laughs> You know I think she kind of she cuz she's like something's wrong what's wrong and and this is where he's like I'm going to lie to her for the rest of this because you know he doesn't he doesn't want her involved that's the way i took it but yeah i definitely think she knows something well because going she, even, on.
1: she even offers him she's like you know i hear that sometimes you know the partner of the victim they go through and they have a hard time yeah, adjusting yeah. too so she knows that something like, she knows that he's being weird but she doesn't pursue it enough i guess she's sort of like maybe you know in this world we don't see because we jump six months maybe he's like you know he gave her her time like you know i know that you went through a horrible thing i'm not going to be too close like when you're ready to talk about it we can talk about it Maybe that's, she's just sort of giving him the same respect. I mean, we have no idea. I'm just yeah. sort of making excuses yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she, so, like, I think she does notice, but it she doesn't, like, pursue it. To make sure that he, you know, makes the kill, they slash his tires. And Jenny Jones, like, later, she's like, how do you slash our tires? She's like, oh, it's easy. Like Anybody can just come in and just like, slash our tires. <laughs> yeah, like. She's like, no, they can. Like, slashes the tires <laughs> of
2: cars in a parking garage. It's like,
1: And, and it's, it's probably, like, you know, a like, gated parking garage for their apartment building, right? You know, I don't think she would live there if it wasn't some place that you
0: needed, like a, you need a card key to like get into the garage, or at least you right. have to live there to get access to it.
1: I mean, it's supposed to be a secure building, and also some place apparently you can install bars on your windows. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's something. I um, mean, then he doesn't he come home like uh, he, he doesn't do the he doesn't do the kill the first time.
0: Yeah, and and. Simon's been in his house again right he like rearranged the uh, magnets yeah choose he rearranged the magnets on the um, refrigerator and I don't
1: even know why they have those magnets because they don't have a kid no they don't have a kid I guess it's like, like I, I know that people have magnets like you know adults have magnets but those are definitely kid magnets yeah, yeah. it's like that maybe they were planning to have a kid but like, I don't feel like, I feel like you don't buy magnets until you actually no. have the kid, you yeah. kids can actually do something with the magnets Wait for the sonogram first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Guy Pierce basically says, "Choose like either you're gonna choose to kill that guy, or we're gonna kill you and your wife." And like when it's like when it's done with that, like of course, like you're gonna you're yeah. gonna kill the guy. It's that's just what has to happen. So like they go through again, and he goes, he takes the bus again to work, and this time gets off, and this guy, this supposed pedophile, shows up, and Cade just sort of wants to talk to him. But the pedophile, quote-unquote pedophile, throws his bike at Cage, and then sort of, like, fights with Cage, and then just sort of falls off the overpass, and you see in the video footage of the replay, sort of, whatever, that Cage, like, reaches for him, and it looks like he's trying to save him, because yeah. we know that he's not trying to kill him, he's looking for answers. He's not seeking justice, he's seeking answers. That's, yeah. yeah
0: that was definitely weird, too, when when he was like, I need to talk to you, and the guy just throws his bike at him. I was like, what's going on here? Because, you know, much like Cage, I'm led to believe this guy's a pedophile. Right? Yeah. You know, I didn't know he was, a, you know, award-winning investigative journalist who's trying to take down the justice seekers, you know? And uh, I thought it was a pretty cool, you know, scenario that I wasn't expecting in this. I thought it would go down a much more generic path than it did, but when the guy sort of lunges at him, and he ducks out of the way for safety, and he falls over the overpass on to that
2: car right? I was like oh my man yeah. that, that, that at this point up. I wrote in my notes things falling off things look cool <laughs> well it's the second <laughs> time they, in this movie yeah yeah time, because it's they did a really good job with the car falling off the top of the yeah. parking garage at the beginning so these whoever the the director or the uh, <laughs> the DP yeah. in this they make things falling off things look great. Well,
0: maybe it's Simon, the character
1: of Simon, who just loves using heights as a weapon. (laughs) That's true. true. What I like about this movie, and this scene sort of reinforces it when the guy falls off the bridge, is for the most part, this plays like a PG-13 movie. Like, it's so close, and then like they're between language and like these scenes of violence. Like, oh no, it's R. Like they they're playing the most part. Like it's sort of not conservative, but it's not coming over the top. Yeah. But they're not yeah. scared to like ramp up the violence. And like just like have a bloody death just because they can. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It feels like they got close to an R because of
0: the themes they're dealing with, like hard rape and like you know killing vigilante style without a mask and stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, when they needed to, it's cool that they can actually take it where they where they need to and go as far as they have to. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they don't exploit it, like drive angry by any means, but, but it's cool that it's there in their back pocket and they use
1: it when they need to. And so after Cage makes this kill, he goes back to school, and understandably having a tough time, but I like that we were talking about earlier that he's you know basically preaching... Don't be or use use your words, not your actions. Yeah, and then just punches him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this, I, it seemed like was it? An, I looked down to write a note, and I looked up. Was it an accidental punch, or he actually no. just he wound up and no, punched the guy? I mean,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like he cannot practice what he preaches at like this point. <laughs> you know, like his entire you know personality is in question to himself. Right? He's going through this. They're they're forcing him through like an existential crisis. In a way. yeah,
2: I mean that that's another generic thing. Is that like the good man? Who's tainted by something He's forced to do yeah. And it sets him down a path to ruin <laughs> Like it's so textbook But, but what I kind of like Again I mean I know Larson But what I kind of like I about know, this what i kind sorry, like sorry I don't want to take I do the it's joy out it's of just like, I really don't
0: He's playing... I just feel like this character is different than the sort you get in those types of thrillers. Because, I mean, even when you get, like, Sinatra running around trying to figure out the plot and what's going on, like, they're very proactive guys, you know? And I feel like this character is doing everything. He's almost like um, the guy from Next. He's doing everything possible
2: not to be involved in this situation. Yeah, he's just kind of being washed along the, the, like... Running with the current,
1: and after Cage punches the kid, his best friend Harold Parinot, who I guess is the principal, maybe he's either he's that's some a good he's, question. He's some, I mean, it doesn't really matter. He's some he's, position of authority. Yeah, he's a step higher than
2: Cage, and There's, he
1: sort of throws him on the bus. He's like, well, you know, you know, hitting a kid—that's like a minimum of three weeks. And like, you punch the guy, like you know, you're gonna take some time off. But then, by the time Cage gets home and lies to January Jones about where he's been. Harold Perrin has already called and, like, asked how he's doing? Like, (laughs) dude, that's not your place. Like, why are you, what are you doing? Yeah, totally blew up his
0: spot (laughs) in that situation. (laughs) Jerry
1: Jerry Jones like, oh, like, you just, you had a half day? Like, then why did he call asking how you felt if you were suspended? And Cage's like, oh, sorry, busted.
0: You're home early?
2: Yeah, it was a half day student conferences. That's funny, because Jimmy called me. Check on you. What did he say?
0: He said that you hit a student and got suspended.
2: Yeah, well, that kid is, uh, he was just a total mess.
0: And that makes it right.
2: Thank you. Thank you, darling, for your support. My support? Yes, your support. Here. Where did you get this? Where did you get it? I can't tell you that.
0: You can't tell me
2: i just i can't i can't tell you all right it's not i'm going to
1: rehearsal
0: i think what they needed to do in that scene was get across the fact that uh stop lying
2: to me kind of thing right <laughs> yeah. like i know
0: something's up tell me what's going on yeah
2: like i i'm i'm actually kind of shocked that he hasn't been straight up with his wife me about too it me yet. too I like wish. yeah he continues to act sketchy about his wife like Simon calls him, and he goes out to his car with the flat tires in the garage, and there's he's talking to Simon. He's like, oh yeah, I uh, gotta go talk to my sister again, or I don't know, he makes some stupid excuse. And that's where there's like a cheap jump scare, where one of the neighbors knocks on the window. Parking garages are great for movies like this. Another cliche but go on
0: um well just in in regards to like he definitely should tell january jones what's going on because she's the only person he cares about that he needs to protect you know and so if she was in on it she could act like she doesn't know what's going on but still be ready to protect herself
1: yeah what i like about the scene about him not telling her is that it frustrates her enough to get up and leave and i think that's maybe why he doesn't tell her here because they need to split up at this point so he can Mm -hmm. be alone the cops can come in and arrest him because I think that if the cops came in while she was there I I don't know how that scene would play I think it works much better because she leaves and then hears a knock and he's like oh did you come back and no it's the cops and they're there to arrest and they have a warrant for the arrest and it's like this this moves the plot along so I think I I think that it, it doesn't make sense that he doesn't tell her but I can see why to keep the pace going and sort of enter the second half of the movie that they need to not tell her yet because they need to get them separated and then get him into custody so that we can keep things moving
0: yeah, yeah, we we still haven't found out about the guy he killed, who that guy really, right. like, there's still a lot more to get to, so <laughs> I appreciate them, you know, skipping ahead.
2: Yeah, and he gets uh, he gets apprehended by the police, and he meets a bad lieutenant. He does meet a bad lieutenant, which, by the way, so this,
1: I was telling it, you, I was teasing <laughs> this to you, Mike, this guy, so we, movies and movies and movies ago, one of the first, like, 15 or 20 movies, we found out that Al Cerula was in, like, 11 Cage movies. the helicopter. The helicopter pilot. We found out that uh, Cage's body double was also an extra in a bunch of movies. The Lieutenant, I did not realize, has been in four Cage Club movies. What? That we've seen. That we've seen already. So Xander Berkeley, who plays the Lieutenant, was in Leaving Las Vegas as a cynical cabbie. He was in The Rock as Lawner. He was uncredited, but he was in The Rock. And he was in Kick-Ass as Detective Gigante. So, like, it's not like movies okay. that we haven't seen yet. Oh, we'll these see are all, like, legitimate, like, big releases. Now
0: that you say Kick-Ass, I definitely picture him in Kick-Ass. But uh, those
1: other two movies, they kind of feel like Blink and You Miss Him. Because, like, what's weird is that, like, he's a pretty prominent figure in this movie. Yeah. And in those, I don't really remember him, you know? Like, I feel like he's got a lot to do in this. It seems like he's not a nobody. I guess he sort of worked his way up from Cabbie to conspiracy theory <laughs> lieutenant part of the shady organization. Yeah. Well, do you think that
0: um, Cage's bad lieutenant would have put up with this nonsense <laughs> if he was part of this force? Or? I think if
1: he was getting a cut, he would have. And so Cage is brought into the police station, and we get another interrogation sketch, another yeah. little good cop, bad cop, <laughs> mm-hmm. another little with Bob and David, and they're like, why would you kill an investigative journalist? Why'd you kill this guy, Alan Marsh? Like, he was at the zoo, like, do you know who he is? He's like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, investigative journalist? Like, First of all I didn't kill anybody Lie Well sort of a lie Not really necessarily a lie. lie Kind of a lie but also, I don't like investigative journalists like that. Like, legitimately throws him for a loop. He's like in his mind, he's probably like, I thought this guy was a pedophile. And they have some of the footage, right? They're like, "There's
0: you, there's him, and here comes you again." Like, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you tell us what happened, down There, like, yeah, yeah. Seriously, don't have like, footage oh, that proves
2: Because <laughs> Simon tells him, like, "Oh, we disabled the right. camera on the mm-hmm. bridge," but like, you know, but the second And, and actually, too? you see, you see the camera, like yeah. during the scene, the initial right. scene. You see him walking past a clearly mounted camera. You see how nice and subtle this movie is? You love it, Larson. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, so the, they say, like, conveniently someone forgot to load the tape. That Like, there's no way in 2011 mm-hmm. that they're still recording on tape, tape. No. That it's just, you know, it's whatever. I guess it's just sort of, you know, cop lingo or whatever. Uh, but then, he, so he leaves, and he then he goes into, like, a one-on-one with the lieutenant, this guy from these other movies, and the guy's like, you know... What day comes after Monday? What's my favorite color? Cage is like, my favorite color? Like, someone like the this day is, of tomorrow? Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I
0: thought Wicker Man so hard at this moment.
1: So in the Wicker Man, he's like talking. He's like, you guys. He's like, what's happening the day of tomorrow? And they're like, yeah, yeah, mean, mean yeah the I day remember after that. From,
0: yeah, and he's like, oh, I thought it was a local saying. And she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't say that. Yeah, the yeah. Nintendo's
1: just like, what's my favorite color? And Cage's like, you mean what's my favorite color? He's like, yeah. What's my favorite color? He's like, I don't know, purple. Like whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then he says. What does a baby do when it's hungry? It's cry. And then, what does the hungry rabbit do? And Cage goes jump.
2: Good afternoon, Mr. Gerard. I'm Lieutenant Durgan. I'm going to ask
0: you
1: a few simple questions, just procedural, nothing to worry about.
2: I want a lawyer. The day after Monday is. I want a lawyer.
0: You haven't been charged with anything, Mr. Gerard.
2: Day after Monday is? Tuesday. Mm-hmm. My favorite color is? What the hell is this? My favorite color is? And my favorite color? Uh, purple. Purple. If a baby is unhappy, he... He cries. The hungry rabbit? Jumps, the hungry rabbit jumps,
1: and then the guy—I
0: love this scene. This, <laughs> this is, is a great crazy. reveal.
1: Uncuffs Cage, gives him a visitor pass, and says, "I'm gonna leave." Ten seconds later, I'm getting chills. <laughs> 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 I love this part because it's like it's such a big conspiracy. Like everybody's involved, and maybe I should have expected it, but this—it's cool. Whoa. Well, here I, I
0: liked how important laminates come into the second half of this movie <laughs> This is just the first of two laminates that gets the job done uh, But what, what I loved was like, okay, this guy's in on it Anyone can be in on it But he's the only one in on it at the police station Because he's like, well, just get out of here,
1: man like, right? Well, he's the only one I think involved But later in the movie, when Cage is on the loose and Simon's chasing him There are the cops that are always after him And they're on Simon's payroll Okay, Cause he's like because he's like go after them, go after them. You Remember, like yeah. But so, then there's also the good cops, right? There's yeah, there's always good cops. And there's bad cops. <laughs> so I think there's just too many
2: cops, whether they be in on it or not. I mean, just I don't know. But again, this conspiracy like blows my mind. Like where's the money coming from? Like how do, is there reach everywhere?
0: well like he said like so this point? is just one cell so like imagine stuff like Al Qaeda right when they talk about cells <laughs> yes, all over the world well, you know so
1: like I mean just if Al Qaeda was worldwide. as effective
2: as this bullshit conspiracy in this movie <laughs> America we would have a lot more to worry about
1: <laughs> but this is sort of the part of the movie like we're like an hour in like this is an hour 40 this is the, like everybody's getting answers that you know uh, Jennifer Carpenter is hanging out January Jones Turns out Jennifer Carpenter's name is Trudy I'm like that's a Terrible name. Why would you name Trudy, anybody yes. Trudy? And <laughs> at least she had, has a name, right? At least she has a name. But she's like, you know, you should demand answers. I'm like, wait, why is... I thought they were sister and girl and wife. Like, I'm like, oh, no, they just... I'm like, what's yeah, that up? was so, the, that's, the, that's a weird scene. That was
0: the revelation that she is not the sister of Kate. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: And so she's demanding answers, she she wants January Jones to get answers, Cage is finding out information about this investigative journalist, finds out where his wake is, and they're all like, starting it, like, they're not like, starting to piece the puzzle together yet, but they're all like, basically getting the puzzle ready and they're about to go find their first clues, kind of.
2: Okay, sorry, so when he goes through this wake, as someone who like, uh, kind of romanticized journalism growing yep, up. Like, yep. mm-hmm. everyone at this wake is the most stereotypical, like well, old school journalists. They're like yeah. they're like rumpled middle aged men with loosened ties mm-hmm. who are drinking yeah. scotch. They're, and they're that, all peril.
0: They're all Perry White,
2: basically, from, from the <laughs> yeah, first a Superman movie. Of but Perry White. But, but, but I also got a
0: heavy wire vibe from The Wire because yeah. it's like an Irish wake, you know, and they did tons of those on that oh, show. And it's just like, this on. guy's
1: not even a cop. He's just a reporter. <laughs> yeah. And they're giving
0: <laughs> him like a cop funeral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, al- it
1: also looks a lot like the bar from Shameless. I don't know if it's the same set that Shameless, but like another sort of. Irishy pub. It's a very, like, European-style, yeah.
0: like... Well, it's New Orleans, so, you know, they, yeah.
1: got, they got the and
2: history the. it. got that French vibe.
1: And they're all like,
2: ah, oh, remember the time when <laughs> yeah, I... Yes, uh, let's I also, yeah, as long as you're
0: buying, Who's you're buying the whiskey, whiskey. Yeah, yeah. I
1: also like that they all have, like, bad reporter jokes that, like, you know, I had lunch with them, and I had, you know, something unexpected. I'm like, what, what did he do? Did he pay for the bill? Like <laughs> <laughs> that guy never pays yeah. for things. Uh. And also, the picture of him at the wake is just him flipping <laughs> off the camera. Yeah it's and just like everything about murder. this is like yeah. punk rock journalism yeah. in a room of Perry White's. <laughs> <laughs> like uh. the, I feel like this is the kid that like they all wanted to be like they all like this was them either in their past or the journalists they never so they just love this guy yeah. and you know, he's like this guy who like goes out and like rides a bike around town and like digs deep in these shadowy organizations and like flips off cameras one of the last
2: true
0: anti-establishment journalists yeah it's crazy right like it's so romanticized and and it's funny because I you know everyone sort of joked about at the end of Man of Steel how like Clark Kent went to work at a newspaper like come on like in you know 2014 you're going to go work at the newspaper but then I think like how great if he turned into this kind of journalist (laughs) (laughs) like someone that embeds himself yeah. overseas for like periods and has to break
1: out of like turkish prisons and things like that oh one thing i wanted to point out because at the end of the scene like it sort of keeps kicks the action going before they get to the week he does fill january jones in on the info like they meet up before and he's like look this is what's going on and she gives him the gun she's yeah. like you're gonna need this like shit's gonna go down yeah. i need you to have this gun he's like where'd you get that?" she's like don't worry about it like i yeah. i went through a rough there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like i mean they talk about it. she's like i want a gun he says no like, you have to know in your mind, like, she's, it, you know, she's going to get a gun. Well, he's so preoccupied with his own shit,
0: right? It's yeah. like he even forgets that he's married to her at times until he really needs her. And what I love about that moment where he, she is so level-headed about yeah. everything, you know? And, like, she's got
1: her shit together, and she's just like, relax, honey. Like, and she even says, like, I would have done the same thing. Like, don't take it personally. Like, right, if, if, right. if the roles were reversed or if they asked me that night, like, I would have said, yeah, kill the guy. And,
0: and I love that, too,
1: that she's like, thank you, kind of, for, like,
0: avenging yeah. me, you know? Like, yeah. this is okay. We'll get through this. <laughs> Like I yeah, she did she's the right totally, thing <laughs> she's
1: she's much cooler about it right away than i thought she would be <laughs> and so that, so at the wake cage is getting a little bit of the info about you know what this guy was working on and they're joking about like how oh yeah like the shady organization it was you know yeah it was aliens or whatever i'm like oh journalists and then <laughs> and then they're like no like they, they actually sort of fill him in they're like, you know, but next time, you know, a cop wants to come in here, like, you better just show your badge. It's like, wait where this like- I
0: totally thought they were gonna beat his ass yeah. or something like that. But they <laughs> yeah. don't. They just stop talking to him and drinking his free beer.
1: Well, they might have give they might have beaten his ass if the cops, the actual cops, don't show up oh, that's and he right. runs out.
0: Because the bartender is part of the conspiracy. Oh, she man. spies Cage in the yeah, bar yeah, yeah. and yeah. makes a phone call.
2: <laughs> yep. And Cage is on the run again. He's and and again this is like another Generic conspiracy thing where he's running around town. He can't trust anyone. The cops are after him. The cops won't believe him. Well, also,
1: what's in, what sort of elevates it a little bit is this when we find out that Simon shows up, and this is when he directs the cops. He's like, "Get after him!" So, like, everybody's in on it. Like, not only can he not trust the cops, like he can't yeah. trust anybody. Like, yeah. aside from January Jones, and like we find out that not even his best friend—like, spoiler—a little bit later, like not even his best friend he can trust. Like, aside from January Jones, like nobody is safe in yeah. this world.
2: Like, everybody could be out to get him. And they end up on a pedestrian ramp, very much, probably the same pedestrian (laughs) ramp where he (laughs) killed the investigative jury. Yeah, quote unquote killed. I I was thinking of the
0: uh, the ramp where he was collecting birds and birdie. Yes, (laughs) I got a very similar. And he's
1: like climbing around, like he jumps over the edge and like goes, and it looks like it's him. Like I don't know how high off the ground, but like it looks like he's doing his own stunts, and he's like climbing under roadway under, under the
0: elevated highways. It's yeah it's really this i kind of like this little chase though
2: too because he runs across the highway yeah again truck, dodges that Yeah, the action scenes are very intense and and like i remember thinking from when i was a kid running across a highway mm. is probably the scariest <laughs> yeah. fucking thing you could ever do in yeah. your life yeah and like He's running across multiple right. lanes of a busy highway. Like, they're chasing him, and it's you can feel the tension. Right, like it's and the, done the ten- very
1: well. The tension kind of pops when, like, one of their guys gets obliterated oh, man. by a truck. Like, that startled me and amazed me. Yeah. Like, this is another part where, like, you know, the movie's sort of PG 13. I'm looking down and making notes, you know, chasing, like, dodging trucks or whatever and then I just look up and a guy just gets like whacked by yeah. a truck I'm like what just happened because like, that
2: makes it real yeah. that makes it like hey this is what happens like yeah. in a split second if you try to run across the highway you get dragged yeah. under the wheels of a SUV for a half a month and I keep thinking this is like Simon is very smart to get other people to do all this yes. dirty work
0: he's got like all these cronies lined up like and I just imagine like they've all gotten entangled so deep like they're trying like cages almost tangled too deep and yeah. like they can't get out of it and this, this poor guy man he
1: gets dragged
0: and they show yeah. it and it's oh, like you're saying right like they go for the R here and, yeah. and it's,
1: it's worth it and so as Cage is kind of getting away and like, things aren't going well for him but he sort of escaped the clutches, like he sort of dodged him a little bit, January Jones gets picked up by the quote-unquote cops and like, in their car, she recognizes that the guy, because earlier in the movie, I think, Simon had come up to them at dinner, and just sort of like, you know this is before Cage had told her and he's just like, being like, oh, we used to teach together and basically saying like, I can find you wherever you are, you're never safe and then when he leaves... Uh, Jennifer Jones sees this other guy leave with him and then she realizes I think right that she recognizes the guy who's yeah, driving her yeah, yeah. is with Simon and Cage has filled her in and so this is when Chekhov's pepper spray comes out yeah. and she just blasts both guys and runs out so I like you know as, as sort of an object of a woman as she is to propel the plot she does hold her own here and is able to actually sort of get the job done and protect herself
2: mm-hmm.
1: is this when he Cage uses his second
0: laminate, the one that he stole from the wake, and he goes to yes. the the, the, office. He goes, to the he goes to the newspaper. Goes please. to the yes. newspaper, yeah. right? I, I don't quite remember what he found out there, though. Does he find the lockbox or so, that there's a lockbox? No. Box? So
1: what he finds out, he goes to where this guy Alan Marsh,
2: the investigative journalist, he goes to his office, the Boston. The, uh, where are they? New I Orleans, I think. New Orleans, the New Orleans <laughs> Post. The New, Orleans Post. The New Orleans Post. That's right. And
1: what I like is that he walks in, sort of comes in, like basically enters through the exit, like through, like the truck exit, and sees like the day's newspaper. Oh, that's it's just great. his face, just a suspect wanted. Yeah. yeah.
2: And and this is again, sorry to keep calling these out, no, but, but a great uh, conspiracy movie cliche where he's walking around and and he's constantly has his hand over his face. Yep. Like he's he's like. Kind of subtly wiping his nose, but he's always got his hand over his eyes and like he's looking back and forth. And by this point in the movie, Cage had lost his cell phone, so January Jones, the cell phone that
1: he had snuck back in a school and take, like, it's all, it's all convoluted, but he loses his cell phone by this point. And so January Jones can't get in touch, but he goes to this guy, Alan Marsh's desk, and he's like rooting around, and this woman asks him, like, a, you oh, know, a capitalization, amazing. and because he's an English teacher, it pays off, and he gives it. But then she's like, wait a minute, he's at a dead guy's desk. Like, who is this guy? But I'm like, lady, know your A one, know your front page. This yeah. guy's picture is literally on <laughs> yeah. the front page of yeah. the, tomorrow's newspaper. You work like for the
2: newspaper. Th- yeah. Come on. And it's
1: like it was cute when
0: Lois Lane couldn't spell like correctly, but you work at the newspaper. Like you should know what you're asking, I feel.
1: Well too. that I mean, I feel like as as with a journalism background, there are so many like complicated rules that you sort of like do." overthink yourself sometimes. Okay. And, like, the examples he gives about when things are capitalized, I feel are not hyphenated. Like, Homeland Security is not a hyphenated like, word. he
0: goes into so much detail, <laughs> too. <like laughs> does. It, it, it needs to be, like, a quarter length of what he responds with.
2: Hey! In a hyphenated compound situation, do you capitalize the second word? Only if it's a noun and the words have equal weight. Like... Homeland Security. If it's a participle modifying the first word, then you better uh, you better keep it lowercase. Oh, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Thanks. And he finds... So he goes to this desk, and what he finds is a stack of receipts. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he leaves the newspaper place and then just goes to a fancy hotel and just walks in That's the coat check closet and just steals a coat, and then the coat has a valet key, and so he gets this bumping, you know something like... I don't know if it's ludicrous or something that sounds like ludicrous. Just like with this Cadillac Escalade. The guy's like, yo, man, nice car. And then Cage, you know, turns off the music and finds out that this journalist... Went to this one gas station over and over and over again. Yeah, another so,
2: another conspiracy movie cliche series of clues. Oh yeah, like a key uh, in a pocket, a receipt that leads you to a hotel whoa. that leads you to a car that leads you to a. But I like that we get, But it
1: makes sense how we do it here. Like he has to actually go find the receipts, and then the car is completely unrelated to the journalist. Like he just basically steals yeah. this car. That was a pretty
0: smooth move, I thought. You know, I'd never seen that in a film before—just steal a coat and use the ticket inside the transportation. It's awesome. Transportation. Like, I can't believe that's but, uh, never been in a movie. Yeah. When I—I I can't a, believe you know, I haven't done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, now we're all going to try it. Yeah. But uh, when I heard the storage unit, I definitely thought *Silence of the Lambs*. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, like maybe we're trying to cram a couple too many things in here." But it does—it does, it does play—it does play for me. You he know, it does find the lockbox.
1: He gets to the gas station and bribes the guy with $20 oh yeah he's like hey you know, recognize this guy like he, he shows a laminate and the guy's like oh yeah I've seen him around he's like here's a little bit of uh, sweet like you wanna yeah, like, yeah. Where, where can I find his boat yeah he's and trying to get a ride to Summer Isle right? $20 down yeah <laughs> in the Wickerman he bribes a guy with $100 here he bribes a guy with $20 then gets the info and gives him another 40 like that's not how bribery works Keith. yeah no, that's paying for <laughs> yeah. information right but the guy basically says, yeah, you know, number 22 out there, but I've like, seen people back into it, and the yeah. doors are broken. Oh, yeah.
2: Very convenient.
1: And so Cage, just, instead of backing, they just drives straight into it, and the guy, coincidentally, gets the newspapers delivered, sees Cage on the front page. You know, this guy checks the front page, unlike the woman in the journalism office in the newspaper building, and calls the cops, and just as... Like, it's... what... <sighs> is it like... Like, 6 in the morning? Like, when are papers getting delivered?
0: Is it the evening edition? No, yeah, probably, it's, it probably, it's in probably in the morning. So, it's yeah. in the middle of the night. Okay, yeah. I, I, that kind of threw me, too, because yeah. I was like, he needs to know that Cage is wanted somehow. Right, yeah. And then I was like,
2: oh, here comes the newspaper. And also, uh, uh, another on my cliche list is that Cage finds in the storage unit a box of evidence. And yeah. it's like, uh, documents and Camcorder. CD-ROMs and videotapes and, yeah. like, you know, it's all the most generic, like... That's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing he stole
1: this 2011 Escalade with a DVD yeah, player in it. That, yeah. that was
2: play- crazy. I'd never seen that
0: in a movie before, yeah. <laughs> either, <I guess. laughs>
1: Well, because I feel like that only would happen in a movie for, like, a two-year span. Like, when, <laughs> yeah, when DVD a players were... Too, co- right. When cars were cool, but before people stopped buying DVDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's a very tight window when that mm-hmm. would actually happen. Mm-hmm. But it's the exact car that they need. And Cage finds that he finds the footage from the beginning of the movie that the movie starts out with. Yeah. That's the investigative reporter sort of finding out information about this organization. I mean, because,
2: basically, it's a box of stuff that's going to bring the whole conspiracy right. down. And
1: he calls Simon, and this is when he sends that HD quality video <laughs> yes. from his Nokia phone and Nokia phone. <laughs> yes. And he's like, oh... I have something you want you have something I want yeah. let's trade
0: mm-hmm. and that's when they go and meet at the monster truck, truck rally monster <laughs> truck show like and like, this is
1: when Cage gets to do
0: his little like I feel like the movie knew Simon was being ridiculous with all of his little missions because yeah. Cage gets to like send him on some errands too yeah yeah that a was pretty great wild goose chase
1: oh, but on the way to the monster truck place when he's avoiding the cops we get another almost train jump that he gets up to the oh, train. Yeah. I thought that, that this is from Next and, you know, racing with the moon, but unlike Next where he has unlimited lives, like, you know, he's, he's got God mode, he only has one life in this, and he just, like, slams the brakes, like, okay, I can't jump a train. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, I've learned from my mistakes from yeah, that. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, but then they go to the monster truck show and, like, it's just like, go take a leak go buy a hot dog it's just like wait what are you doing Cage you're just like you're, you're I think just having fun with your he's powers. just
0: messing with him right I feel like he's getting back at him that way too he's like you see like this is what you've been putting me through yeah yeah <laughs> he's yeah. doing it
1: the shorthand I part. also like earlier in the movie when Simon's doing that to Cage and is saying you know buy a ticket to the zoo, like, pay in cash. I'm like, I don't carry that much cash. I'm like, I can't just <laughs> yeah. buy a zoo ticket. Like, hold on. Like, I need to go to the ATM, Simon. Like, let me go get some cash. Yeah. Like, can I use my credit card? Like, I don't know. He's yeah. Although, although using a credit card like a National Treasure, it gets you into trouble. You right. Can't, you don't can't want work. to leave a paper Visa. trail. <laughs> <laughs> no paper trail.
2: Well, I, I, one, of the, one of the things, like, I, I knew that when he found the box of, of evidence and he called Simon... I knew it was going to lead to one of the generic handoffs in one of these conspiracy movies, but... But we don't really... I didn't... Well, I mean, I just kind of figured, like, he was going to be like, I'll give you the evidence, and you leave me alone forever are you Liam Neeson who are you right now? <laughs> <laughs> this is my cage I'm working on it for this mm, Give me oh more, a more work. but uh, but but it's at a monster
1: truck show like at, at the Superdome like this massive thing and then there's apparently just conveniently an abandoned mall next spot next oh, door. well
2: we'll get to that
1: <laughs> now
0: before that the audience is privy to a huge reveal Right. right, that his friend Harold Parinot, yes. is is a bad guy. He's Part of the Justice Seekers, and that kind of made everything sort of click. I was like, I'm glad they did that because it makes sense that he told Guy Pierce to go to the ho- to, to go to
1: the hospital that night and yeah. go talk to Cage and offer your services because that's what we find out, right? But that, yeah. that he did it for him. He's like, I he's like, I was mad for you, right? Yeah, like, I, I thought you'd want sure, this. I want to make sure your wife was <laughs> avenged.
0: I know, Jimmy. The fuck do you know? I saw the pictures. You and Simon, you're part of this. Look, okay, Will, okay, listen to me. Okay. I'm a part of the organization, okay? I joined 15 years ago when my brother got killed. They didn't even catch the bastard. I had to do something, so I'm sorry. That fucking scumbag that
2: raped Laura, I wanted him crucified. Who set me up for the murder of that reporter? Huh? Was it you, I you fuck? I called Durvin. told him to let you go. That was me.
0: What's Simon's real name?
2: Will, I can't tell you that. You have no idea what this guy is capable of. His name.
1: I'm
0: your fucking friend.
2: No! You're Simon's friend, you tell me his fucking name! What's his name? Like, his best friend represents what the organization is supposed to be. Yeah, it doesn't he even say at times where he's like, man,
0: like we all started following Simon and now he's gone rogue and yeah, it's getting yeah. out of control and it's not what well, it that, should be. Well, that
2: happens when they get to the – because the oh. abandoned mall gets brought up because they finally meet at the monster truck show. And then the abandoned... Like, the phrase abandoned but mall is It's great. from Katrina. Like, it was yeah. never restored. Oh, okay. Yeah. Post-Katrina
1: post- right, post- uh, New Orleans. Which, right, yeah. Which we it tapped into a couple times. I mean, mm-hmm. Seeking Justice, our bad lieutenant was all about that, too. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's, like, Entirely. very specific in time, and, like, you could sort of, like, there's kind of no rules. Like, just New Orleans yeah. is, like, this sort of <laughs> yeah, the wild, wild west outlaw town. <laughs> yeah. But before we get there, actually, we skip something, is that when Cage is, like, in his car that he calls... Simon, they're like, they're gonna meet at the monster truck show. He gets carjacked, and like, he's about to get killed by this stranger, and he just starts yelling, he's like, the Hungry Rabbit jumps, Hungry Rabbit jumps, the guy's like, wait, how do you how do you know what that means? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I That's like right. I was like, some like totally nervous, like, nervous middle aged man yeah, tries yeah. to kill him. Yeah,
0: they told that guy that Cage was a pedophile.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, no. He's like, you know
1: Simon, right? Like, you like. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I know Simon. <laughs> like, we you yeah. yeah. know Simon. It's,
0: it's amazing that like none of the other marks have been like, wait a minute, wait a minute, Simon. Like, I know. Yeah. Like,
1: throws up the sign, the gang sign, or says the magic words. What I also am surprised about is like, it also seems like Simon's the kind of guy who would <laughs> give every guy a different name.
2: Mm -hmm. or a different phrase
1: or something like I understand for simplicity both in the organization and the movie it has to be one phrase it has to be one guy But it seems like, because basically, you know, the investigative journalists and the cops sort of know that the Hungry Rabbit Jumps means something. Yeah, yeah. So just have some kind of animal and some kind of action, or some kind of this and that, and have a different name. Because this is just like setting yourself up to be caught. That if everybody you're dealing with, and I know that they're eventually going to die, you know, just a couple days later, in theory. But if everybody knows who you are, what you look like, what your supposed name is, and this phrase... You have all the information you need to like turn this guy in. Well, that's the
2: same argument uh, uh, about like why does James Bond keep calling himself James Bond? Right, everyone, everyone already does. recognizes like, yeah, him. Yeah.
0: Well, what I thought was speaking to that uh, though, Joey, is it's sort of that phrase that gets them in trouble too, right? Like it's because they all communicate with that one phrase that the journalist gets it on tape, and it's like that's the evidence. It's like oh no,
1: like our secret code yeah. is going to get published. And we finally get to that abandoned mall, and sort of again, I, I bring this up every time it happens. Like everybody we know in the movie is in this location. We've got Cage, we got January Jones, we got Harold Perrineau, we got Simon. I think Trudy might be there too, Jennifer Carpenter, or maybe <laughs> maybe she's not, but she's like around. Yeah, like, everybody's in this one place. Like everybody we yeah. know and care about is here, and Cage, like his. <laughs> I can't believe this works. I guess it has to work for the movie, but he like what works is like he says to Simon, "You're insane." Simon's like, "What'd you say? Oh, yeah. I'm not insane." Like this is what Mike was saying before And like, then the, no, the world is sick. Yeah. I'm not sick." Yeah.
2: The world yeah. Is sick. And then the again the the generic villain speech at the right. end where he explains why he's doing what he's doing and and shows that he's maybe a little insane. You're insane. What did you say?
0: I said, I think you're sick. On the contrary, I am very well. You don't see it, do you? This city and how close we are to absolute chaos. Jimmy sees it, don't you, Jimmy? Sick, I'm not sick. The sick ones are sitting on their fat fucking asses, eating and drinking and fucking themselves into a stupor. Polluting the world without a second thought while it goes down the toilet nobody wants to do the nasty work will you know the shit that we all just think about most good citizens are just along for the ride and then fucking bitch and moan and complain about everything when it doesn't work out not me get it i thought it was pretty funny like i i i knew what they're going for at that point because you know it's like calling marty mcfly chicken you know it's just like this (laughs) shorthand and i love that it Bothers Simon because I'm starting to get that feeling that like he is crazy and insane and everyone around him is just too scared to tell him. So it's kind of funny that Cage like throws that out and it
2: and it really does bother him. Yeah, I feel like it would have it would have served the movie better to introduce this part of his personality earlier. Like he's just kind of just kind of a, a shady taskmaster up until now. Yeah, you don't know and their only, mission. Yeah, and only at the end you see that he's this like unhinged megalomaniac he thinks he's doing justice yeah he knows what's right for everyone (laughs) and like if, if that was part of his personality earlier it would have made him a more compelling character and so after he sort of espouses his misguided worldview, he basically, he and his, like,
1: number one thug pull guns on him and John Cage and Jerry Jones, like, you know, you know, you basically, you know too much, like, we can't let you out of here, like, we're not going to make it look like a suicide, we're just going to kill you and dump you and leave you for whatever. Ultimate reversal, what's great is that Harold Perrineau saves the day, Yeah, and what's cool is that, like, it makes sense in terms of just, you know, going back to Larson, the inter- cliche, like, his friend saves him. But also what's cool is that in his mind, in the character's mind, he says to Simon, you said they were never going to get hurt. Like, this is not what I signed up for, and if you're going to cross the line, I'm going to cross the line, and they mean more to me than you do, so, like, this is enough. Mm -hmm. I really feel like they
0: did his character a good service, like, not only making him part of the big twist, but also here, having him be, you know, the other turn of, the other twist, where he's going to help his friends out. And, yeah, his... His uh, actions are totally justified by his, yeah. by by that by Simon going overboard and everything.
2: And there's a there's a lot of great stuff in this shootout the the slide down the elevator yeah. the yeah. escalator bank like it makes me feel like this movie could have benefited from a lot more action set pieces because the. The highway chase yeah. and the the uh, the ending shootout were so good. They could have... Uh, I mean, I'm sure budget was an issue, but... Uh, well, they, they had this mall. They should have had a car chase through this mall, they, right? They like, they that would
0: have been all the Blues Brothers. That's <laughs> what I was thinking.
2: It's like, if you have an access to an abandoned mall... Mm-hmm. Like, I would have done a whole movie in an abandoned mall <laughs> if I had access to it. One thing that doesn't really ring true for me here is that Cage, at
1: one point, pins down Simon and just starts beating the shit out of him. Like, basically, you know, again, it, it, could, it could add to the beatdown by bare hands, like, up to yeah, four or five in Cage close. Club. close. Like, he could keep going. And James Jones, like, who basically has been on board with everything Cage has been doing, says, stop, don't kill him. And that's enough to give Simon the upper hand. They sort of tumble off. And it looks like they're both going to fall to their death, but instead, they just fall to a thing like six feet down. Yeah. And they just fall down the escalator, and she's like, oh, okay. Well, that scene, again,
2: goes back to the the, the whole thing about a man who's being turned to the dark side, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he's savagely punching Simon in the face. Uh, when, when his wife calls for him to stop, he turns, and there's blood all over his teeth. Right. Like you're looking at this guy who was a mild-mannered english teacher and now he's a man who's got like blood all over him and is about to beat a man to death yeah i like, guess
1: i guess this is not the man that january jones married but like it's the one that she sort of has to accept that he's become if only for her right well
2: sure well yeah and he's
0: also he's gone like completely primal now too right like this whole or- ordeal has sort of gotten
2: down to the core of him and he needs to be like an animal here at the end in order to survive and and it's, and it's sort of that thing like where if, if you kill this man now, you're going to be just as bad as him. Like, you're going to become him. Which is
0: why I like that he doesn't end up killing the guy. Well, of
1: course he doesn't. And yeah. then the day is sort of saved when that shady, in-on-it lieutenant shows up. And it's just like, oh, you know, this is one of those classic both guys fill each other with bullets. Like, you know, they both put five bullets at each other. You know, that's something that always happens. Like, this is New Orleans. Like, he's like can, can you get away with that? It's like, this is New Orleans. Like, we can get away with anything. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, it's Chinatown, kid. But it's also <laughs> yeah. like, no, you know, nine out of, you know,
0: seven out of ten times we pull this stuff, it ends this
1: way. So, you know, this is just, you know business as usual for the justice seekers (laughs) but what I like is that he sort of offers Cage like the opportunity that this is not like because Simon's dead like the organization's not dead and it's kind of like you know we could rebuild it like we can make it in your image he's like no I don't I don't want any part of this he offers him a job yeah
0: I, I wrote that early on when he when 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 the guy who kills his wife's assailant I was like okay Cage is going to be the new Simon by the end of this movie like that was one of my predictions but no he doesn't become the new Simon no, he's, he, he's, he turns he's got, it down he's got
1: morals he says yeah, no exactly and he tries to do things good like we after the scene ends we find out that his name has been cleared on the news So like you know local man you know he's okay. all
0: part of New Orleans right Joey like at, at the end everything <laughs> comes up roses for the everybody character everybody comes
1: up roses and then he decides like he's like alright I'm gonna do a good thing I'm gonna you know, bring this research to is, I don't know if it's a cop or a journalist or whatever. Oh, it was one
0: of the guys from the oh. bar from the wake. The guy yeah. was like, right, yeah. I mean, what if his
1: alien stories? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he's like he's like here's all the research. Like it's it's not a lot but, like it's a start. Like you can go he's like, Yeah, and by the way, Hungry Dog jumps and Gage is like, What <laughs> this guy's in not a jump yeah. like I can't do anything. And like, then movie ends. Like yeah. great Boom. I thought it was a cool gut punch to end the movie. Like it's sort of I guess maybe predictable
2: See, I, You're just
1: shaking your head.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. No. I was like <laughs> I I knew Like, the bloody hero and the wife Walk-off, arm-in-arm Cliché But I was like, no, they're not done Cramming clichés down our throat There's gonna be a twist ending And of course there was Because he hands the evidence over to a guy Who's already part of the conspiracy well, one thing I kind of like that I
1: didn't say about the, the newspaper or the, the, the TV news report is that, like, as you can tell by this footage, like, he clearly didn't kill a guy. It's like, well, no. Like, no. Looks like they fought, yeah. and then the one
2: guy... Says, yeah, oh, yeah. It's,
1: <laughs> it's like, not really that
2: cut and dry.
1: Like. As you can tell from this grainy black and white footage... <laughs> yeah. He is completely oh, he playing
0: The footage on television Why is, the, is it Would it be Played on Wouldn't they just say He's been cleared of charges And all that Could yeah. provide I think like show, a trial he's, he's Or something stuff like that
1: On TV But yeah. like, you don't see The guy die You see but you the guy see fall. fall to yeah. His death yeah. yeah She's like You might want to Divert your eyes She doesn't say Warning or anything Ugh. Journalism Ugh. Up top Yeah <laughs> <Man. laughs> Uh, that's all I have to say about this movie. Anything uh, else, Larson? I know you... I guess we didn't sell you on it, but Mike, did you like it? Yeah, no. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. Larson.
0: I was into this movie. I mean, you know, at first, I had no idea what it was about. When we started off, I was getting all of this imagery I'm familiar with, New Orleans and this, you know, Cage dancing in that mask. And the, I was like, this is wonderful. like This is great. And... Yeah, it sort of settled in, like, I don't know, like, it went fast at first, you know, and then when it settled in, I was already, like, into it by the time that second act came around, I was like, okay, it's got me, Uh, let's see where this thing goes, and yes, it's generic and all that, but (laughs) I feel like the actors are are elevating the material, and, you know, they definitely... Make it a lot better than you know people are expecting it.
1: Like to. as cliché as this movie may be, Larson, you have to at least give a credit for having like a legitimate Guy Pierce actor be the villain instead of some like washed up mm-hmm. like you know who's the guy? Who's the guy from Wait, so I'm I'm suppo- Ziering. Like they could have like an Ian Ziering type. So I'm know? supposed yeah, like to a give
0: TV it guy. credit
2: because it had enough budget to hire <laughs> someone who was yeah. Yes. Well maybe. I mean <laughs> they have
0: it's it's all about the caliber, right? Like that's how I feel. Like you've yeah. got January Jones in there who's on a hit show doing a good, good job there. You've got Cage who's like this vet, and then you
1: have someone like Guy Pierce who's always put in a great well, performance. All, and you also have Jennifer Carpenter from another hit show, Dexter's on. You well, have Carnot yeah, from a show that just ended. Like, yeah, they could
0: have gone with a, a TV... <laughs> Actor for the main villain. Again, and I'll, I just you're, appreciate you're that selling they did it.
2: this based on the fact <laughs> that the budget allowed for higher caliber actors. Like, no, but that I'm also saying that they—it's they, not
1: like they're all like looking for paydays. Like they all saw something in the script and they all saw something like a story that they wanted to tell.
2: Yeah, I
0: feel like everyone showed up to make this movie. You know, like we've sat through movies that just feel like they've sleptwalked.
2: There's right no anyway. bad performances okay. in this. The script might be cliche, but they all like try. But see, there, like I—I I don't think this is bad. I think it's generic. I think everything, everything about it. But is it a good type of generic? Like,
0: because you can't really laugh at it, you know. Like, it pulls it off in certain ways. There are only times where you can grow. It's not bad, is it? Do you think it's bad? Uh, No, I think it's worse than bad. Mediocre. (laughs) No, mediocre is better than bad, isn't it? (laughs) no because bad at least you can enjoy but you should be able then to enjoy this bad movie on that level where you can laugh at how in your mind it's not pulling off those cliches you know like how rote it is and how you know how cute it seems because it's trying so hard whereas I look at it and go I think they did a good job well I mean
2: that's the thing is that it succeeds in its genericness (laughs) (laughs) it's very successful at being generic so it takes all the elements you love it it takes, it takes the framed guy on the run who's, who's afraid of the cops and afraid of the bad guys and, and, and can't win and yeah. his wife gets raped and murdered or, or oh, yeah. whatever. Like It's all there. It should like, be a canon film, right? They, t- like, <laughs> they take all of it and they, they put a little twist on it. They tweak it just a bit and they do it well.
1: Like On my list of favorite Cage movies, this is more toward the middle than the bottom. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, this is, you know, no bad lieutenant. <laughs> I we're overselling a little bit. <laughs> no, yeah. We are overselling <laughs> it, but I mean, it's you know, we also... the <laughs> middle of the bottom, yeah.
1: Not the middle of the bottom. Oh. Of the, in the middle, not
0: the bottom. Oh, oh, okay. Like, I'm not saying it's amazing and that, you know, you have to see this film, but it is, a. I think it's a Cage film worth watching, yeah. you know, I think you could skip, like, Guarding Tests, perhaps, or, like, you could <laughs> skip Amos and Andrew, you know, maybe Time to Kill, like, there's ones you can skip, but, like, this, you could do
1: a lot worse one thing I want to point out from the credits is that the guy who rapes Jen- January Jones is credited as Hodge in parentheses rapist <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you like, like who was that guy Hodge
0: oh yeah. oh yeah oh Hodge see I definitely thought he was going to be credited
2: as uh, snake boots yes because they right? make a big they made a big deal they made a that. big thing about his snake skin boots so, and then they just would- off him that would have as much uh, resonance in the film well, as the f- necklace or the gun. Fried Boots gets a special thanks shout out, so maybe
1: the boots maybe they get they a little they, bit of proximity. <laughs> Any last thoughts about seeking justice? Ah. Uh... Marson loves it. Mike, any last thoughts? Uh,
0: no, not necessarily. I mean, this was this was like a, a nice surprise. Like you know, yeah. I, I had I knew nothing about it. I went into this. <laughs> always looking at me as
2: Mike is saying this. And he's well, like,
0: I've sort of you know I'm not at this point in Cage Club. You might not want to trust everything I have to say. Well, no, I'm I mean I, I feel like else, maybe you guys are
2: just maybe biased no, no, like, maybe, maybe, a couple, maybe? A couple movies, you think so
1: <laughs> a couple movies lately Mike hasn't been crazy about or Mike's Mike's really liked and I haven't been crazy about like he likes season of which way more but a lot of the time most of the time we do agree and like this one we both like
2: this movie so I think that if you like Cage like we like Cage you will like this movie oh uh, one last thing if you watch the trailer park boys Nicholas Cage in this movie looks like a skinny version of Julian. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He
0: he looks a lot like this, minus the bleached blonde hair. Uh, like he looks in Drive Angry. He's got like the sort of yeah, the, the, the
2: goatee, goatee and, the, and the, the, sort of the, and the ear length slick back hair. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Larson, thank you for joining us on this very special live edition of Gage. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, well, it's certainly <laughs> been an experience
1: and I, I don't know how this is going to sound we're going to have to play it back later but I, think this, went, I think this went great yeah,
0: yeah this was a lot of fun I hope we Absolutely. get to do it again sometime
1: so for all things Cage you can go to cageclub.me you can read our reviews find past podcasts follow us on Twitter rate, review, subscribe on iTunes all things Cage cageclub.me I'm Joey Lewandowski and I'm Mike Manzi that's Christian Larson and we'll see you next time on Cage Club